Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A, and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. We have a highly regarded performer of early music as our star today. He has toured extensively with the Rose Ensemble. He has been a feature performer with the Minnesota Orchestra, Skylark Opera, Frisco Opera Theater, and Metropolitan Symphony Orchestra. Our star was born in Michigan, moved out of state before he was one, and moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where he lived until he was eight. He then moved back to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where he lived there through college. He went on to earn a master's in music from Bowling Green State University and a doctorate in music from the University of Minnesota. He has given debut performances of over 100 works, This star has been seen throughout the continental United States in a number of settings, which include opera, concert, and recital, to name a few. His voice has been described by several different newspaper reviewers as a big voice that rumbles like foghorns, is regarded as rich, heartwarming, and possessing considerable agility. This star has many more accolades that I can't pronounce, so I'm going to let him tell you about that himself. Are you ready to find out more about who's today's star? Well, drum roll, please. Today's star is Dr. John Temperance. Welcome, Dr. Timbrink. Thank you for coming on Who's That Star? Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I can't wait to learn more about you. So let's begin. As I was saying in my intro, you have a lot going on, right? Like (laughs) you have a really rich history. So I want to make sure that we touch on that. But first, tell me a little bit about why you came to LCC, what what your roles are here. Sure. Uh, so my role here, uh, I'm a full-time faculty in music. Uh, I'm the PFC, program faculty chair in music as well. Part of my role there, depending on the year, so this year is a little bit different, but when, when I was hired in, I'm teaching some of the music classes, music history, some music theory. I'm conducting the LCC concert choir. I'm giving voice lessons, doing our studio class, and, and kind of overseeing the program uh, as an in general. Wow, uh, and that's, that's a lot. That, that's really what brought me here. Uh, add on this year um, and, and last year, the academic senate stuff as well. And that winds up being about a third of my workload here here is, is dealing with the Academic Senate in addition to the music stuff. In addition to what you're doing. So how many people are in the music department? Oh, that's a complicated question. Is there a, like, is <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, because we're, we have to look at, you know, it depends on if you ask like CDS to pull data, uh, are they going to pull how many people are declared as a music major? And we've no, I meant instructors. Oh, instructors? It's, yeah. Uh, like, so we have myself as, as uh, a full-time, full-timer um, continuing contract, and then we have one other temporary full-time line that was added this past year. 
that we're hoping that can become permanent. Otherwise, we are the only two full-timers in the program right now. We've got wow. about a dozen or so adjuncts. Uh, okay, that us. helps to support the program. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, because you are doing a lot, right? Like, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and, but, I mean, you definitely know the ins and outs of your program for sure. Oh, yeah. How did you get started at LCC? That's another fun, long, complicated question. But <laughs> the the short version is I, I applied in, uh, was it January of 2017, I think it was, and then went through the interview process. Uh, I, at the time, I was teaching at Wingate University uh, in North Carolina, oh. um, was there for, for just the one year, and then got got the call, did the interviews, got the call, uh, and came back up here, started in fall of, of 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so you were let you were ready for a big move like that to come from North Carolina to Michigan. I, I, you know, I wasn't settled in North Carolina. It was a, a one year job that I took while I was there. Uh, I was in a tenure track position in North Georgia. Prior to that, we were looking for a homecoming. Um, had had been away from home for a really long time. Got you. Yeah, because it seems like when I read your bio that I really didn't get to give you due credit for. You've traveled a lot of places. I sure have. And you've went to school. In different areas, mm -hmm. and then you ended up back here. So that's family more yeah. so than because I'm like, it seems like you could be a lot of places. We 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 have been uh, a lot of places, and we enjoy a lot of places. Yeah, we we traveled around a lot. I, I keep saying we, my, my wife and I. Uh, so my folks are still in Grand Rapids, and and her folks are in Howell. Oh, okay. Uh, so Lansing is kind of right in between the two, exactly. and, and it really is coming back home. Yeah, so I know it, when I talk about before you got to LCT, because that's so interesting to me, I mentioned to you before that I've really never had any conversation with someone who's been in music like you are, like technically trained and that's teaching in a program. And I'm, I mean, I'm impressed with that because, <laughs> you know, I, I always think that I was going to be the singer. And I can't carry it too. <laughs> and so I'm excited to meet someone and figure out like what drew you to that? What drew you to a career in music? Sure. Uh, and we were having a great conversation about this beforehand that I wish I could remember that answer because it, <laughs> no. it, it felt really spectacular. No. Uh, I, so I started singing at a fairly early age. You know, we, you know, we always do the, I grew up in a religious family. So we're going to church and we're singing in church. And that's kind of how I started exploring the voice a little bit. And then in middle school, started singing in a choir and moved to high school, started singing in a couple more choirs and and enjoyed the singing thing and uh, was really discovering. I didn't know how to communicate well uh, in those early days. I don't know how, how anybody does uh, or if anybody does, but right. I, I certainly didn't. And I didn't have a whole lot of self-awareness at the time. And I certainly had no emotional regulation at the time. And so could use choir, could use singing as an outlet, a way of expression, could use it as a means of exploring emotional contexts um, outside of myself. So it was less personal, but I could still understand it. Mm -hmm. Discovered that I felt better when I was making music. Mm. Uh, and so I, just, I was just drawn to it because it, it, it made me better. Uh, I felt like I was my best self when I was, was singing or when I was engaging in music. So I just, I kind of continued that and kept waiting for someone to say, okay, you need to stop now. And I sort of had that. I, I had an uncle uh, at my sister's wedding years and years and years ago. And uh, he, he grabbed me by the shoulders like, so what are you going to do for a real job, John? I said, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to sing. And, and as we all know how well those conversations go, no, really, what are you going to do for a real right. job? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to sing. No, really. And this, I mean, he, he, he had a real job. We'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, w I kept waiting for someone to, 
who who had an authority, someone who was in the industry who could say, "Look, this isn't really for you. This this isn't going to work out. Uh, you, you know, you're more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to make a career in music," mm-hmm. uh, which is accurate, by the way. I kept waiting for that, and it never really came. So when I got to college, I was going to be a music major and started studying with you know my voice instructor. I'd really never taken. I had a couple lessons in high school here or there from some local people, but never steadily and, and never with any real purpose mm-hmm. behind them. So I get to college and start studying voice. Well, my first voice teacher is an opera singer. I mean, he. he he sang all over the world. He had representation. He had more roles than we could count. Had a huge voice, and he's like, "Okay, so we do opera. We go to, when you go to the college level, you study opera." Oh, okay. uh, when when I was um, going through, that was really all that that happened. If you went to college for music, you went for classical music, and you studied opera. Oh, really? Full stop. While Berkeley did exist, it was probably the only real college for commercial music that existed. If you wanted to do commercial music, if you wanted to do popular music, the stuff you're going to hear on the radio, you want to be the next Taylor Swift, you don't go to college for that. Right. Now, other degrees have popped up now that have allowed for learning in higher education in those fields. And um, colleges have finally taken notice of the fact that about 1% of all streaming is classical music, uh, vocal music. Oh, wow. Whereas the other 99% is the stuff that you don't go to college for. Exactly. You know, so there is a change that's happening in the industry. Um, So anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. That's another fun conversation for later. So I, I go to college, I start uh, studying opera because that's just the way it was done. Um, I can't say I was particularly drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had difficulty with, hey, suddenly you're singing in German or you're singing in Italian or you're singing in French. And I don't speak those languages. And I'm talking through you know the words of 17th and 18th century voices that didn't resonate with right. me. You know, I liked music because music spoke to my soul and I needed to feel something. Kept waiting for someone to say, no, you need to stop. You need to change direction. Uh, and didn't happen. So I went to grad school. And same same thing. You're going to study opera. So all right, I'll do a couple of operas. And I had my first opera role in grad school singing in Marriage of Figaro uh, and got to sing Count Alma Viva in the Marriage of Figaro, which is it's a fun story unto itself. So I'm already a giant. Uh, those who aren't in the studio can see that my six and a half foot tall self is already <laughs> huge on the stage. They put me in uh, boots that had, so it's, it's a period opera, uh, boots that had a heel on it. It was like a three inch heel. Oh my. Uh, and then the period wig and they gave me a top hat on top of that. So suddenly my six and a half foot tall self is like seven foot four. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and just huge. Towering over yeah, everybody. Towering over everybody. Uh, and you know, the Sopranos and the show were five foot nothing and, and just tiny. Um, so that was just a fun stage experience. Anyway, started doing the opera thing and, and really getting into art song uh, and doing the, the the solo recital thing a couple of times. And again, I was like, this is kind of fun. And I kind of want to teach music. I, I was learning at that point uh, that I, I enjoyed helping others on their journey as well, mm-hmm. um, which is what I love about teaching. So, okay, if you want to teach, you've got to have a doctorate. So go to University of Minnesota and, and started my doctorate. Kept waiting again at some point for someone to say, this isn't right for you. You're not supposed to do this. It's too competitive a field. You right. shouldn't. You know, those things that in hindsight all are absolutely true and probably should have precluded me from continuing the path as I was um, because you are more likely to be struck by lightning uh, than you are to have a performance career, mm-hmm. uh, a successful performance career or a big performance career that you can you can live off of. It is highly competitive in higher education to get a full-time job period, even more so when you're specialized like in in, in music uh, in higher education. So when my instructors are saying, you know, well, back in my day, was, if you got your doctorate, then you got your job and then you're good to go. And right. it, was, it was a given if you got your doctorate, you got your full-time job and you were good to go. And that's just not the case anymore. So I, anyway, I started with a doctorate, uh, spent the first two years. Um, at that point, I started performing quite a bit and I got my first full-time teaching gig. Uh, I was teaching at a small college in, in the west side of Minnesota. So I kind of took a year off from my studies, did that, 
came back, completed my coursework at University of Minnesota. And at that time, I was teaching adjunct at a couple of local colleges, finishing the coursework, touring the country, and trying to write the dissertation slash really uh, a doctoral thesis is what I had to write. Wow. And that took a couple of years. Uh, and at the so finishing that document um, through the smoking computer fiasco that happened, um, <laughs> it, it didn't light on fire, but it smoked and it died. Wow! Uh, with my document on it, lost about a page worth of or a, a day's worth of work on it. Um, Ooh. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> but, but we got through it, performing throughout all this, uh, and then finally completed in 2014. Uh, I finished, uh, or 2013, I, I finished and, and graduated, defended. 2014, I got my first tenure track position down in Georgia. Cool. Um, spent a couple of years there, moved to, to North Carolina for a year, and then the call to come to LCC, and, and they kind of come home. So. Wow, yeah, you have a, a rich history of kind of doing things that you were waiting for somebody to say no. Yeah. And it, no one ever said no. Yeah. So you must have a good voice. I, I do okay. I do yeah, okay. You won't say it. I, <laughs> I would be interested. Like, have you ever did a record, made a record? Okay, so I'm on uh, several records, but I have never made my own. Okay. Because yeah. I also saw, like, in your bio that you got nominated for a Grammy. I did, yeah. For What's the, that about? Uh, so this was with uh, Exultate, was the, the performance group uh, based out of Minnesota, based out of Minneapolis. Uh, and they did uh, Mozart's Grand Mass, and it was that disc that recording that was nominated for the grammy i just happened to be one one of the cogs uh, in the hey week. that's still you I'll were a cog it. at the right place at the right time that's right <laughs> and that's wonderful i just i know um i learned about music our program from you when you came because you were so gung-ho <laughs> you wanted people to know oh yeah about the music program and i think that you really did some cool stuff in regards to how you can integrate music mm -hmm. into different fields mm -hmm. and how you can leverage that degree in mm -hmm. the different areas and things like that so could you talk about like when you came to lcc and you looked not showing throwing shade on anybody <laughs> i'm not trying to do that but like what were some of the things that you saw when you came here that sure. you were like, this could make this program really good. Uh, okay, so first response uh, was when I got here was abject terror. Uh, when I, I looked and saw my numbers and I saw how many people were involved in the program, actively participating, that's kind of a, a callback to, to one of the earlier questions is how many people in the program? Mm. Hard to quantify, but the number of active participants at the time, I think I had 11 wow. in that first semester, which just is not enough for a program to run. So I was slightly terrified that the program was going to be cut before I could even approach continuing contract status. Right. Um, so f step first steps were we get we got to build the program. And for me, a big part of that was connecting to campus resources and, and making sure people know that we exist. And there was a lot of people, as I encountered uh, at on campus, that didn't know we had a music program. Mm -hmm. uh, so building awareness, making sure people do understand, yep, music exists here. Cool. So there's number one. Two, how can you get involved? Because anybody can get involved. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a, an active student, if you're a community member, if you're a staff member, I don't care. There's an opportunity for everybody to get involved and to make music. And it's really important for me because on a personal note, music helped me discover who I am. Mm -hmm. And music helped me express who I am and music helped me come to terms with who I am. And so it, it was a very personal journey that, that music helped me through. But on, on a greater level, as we've looked into the research, music not just for music's sake and music not just for the sake of expression, but music to set you up for success in life mm -hmm. winds up being a pretty good bet. And even here on campus, when we look at the data that our, our own CDS has collected, 
If you are involved in a performance ensemble here on campus, you are 20% more likely to complete your degree. You are 20% more likely to continue from one semester to the next, and your GPA is going to be significantly higher. And so there's, there's the question of correlation causation. Are we just looking at people who are active and engaged students who happen to be involved in music ensembles? That may be a possibility. But looking at some of the other studies that have been done, looking at brain development and mm-hmm. chem- biochemistry and what happens when you make music, and we see permanent changes to the brain and the way it works, dealing with memory, dealing with concentration, uh, dealing with cross-hemisphere connections, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with density of, of gray matter, dealing with focus uh, and, and creativity. And we, and we see biological changes that occur when you make music. And this doesn't just make you a better musician. This makes you more adept at learning in your math class. This makes you more adept at learning in your English class. And this is going to make you a better student, and it's going to make you a better employee mm-hmm. uh, at whatever your next stop is going to be. So music, not just for the music major, but music for everybody. And not just because, hey, we like music, but because make you music will help make you the most effective version of you that there is. That's cool. So I, that's why I want to get everybody involved if we can. Yeah, no. And I, like I said, I, I knew we had a music program because I'm an advisor. But I never knew all the different ways, like you just explained, but also like just how people can make money out of something that they're interested in and how to utilize like the the boards, you know, when you're 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 singing, but you you incorporated that with other programs so that people can make music, but they can also commercialize it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And 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 for me, the the make money aspect, and this is easy to sit, to say from my seat. You know, I've been through you know twenty years of a career at this point that I've made some good money off of music, uh, but the the idea of you're going to make money from your music, I've used it twice already in this interview. But you're more likely to be struck by lightning than for that to to take place in in a meaningful way. That's not why I push music. It's, yeah. it's not so hey go get your job. It's because it's going to make you your best version of yourself in whatever way you're going to pursue life. And I think I hear you on that, and I think I agree. Because I know just listening to music in the morning, like I'm a person that sings and listens in the morning because that gets my day started mm-hmm. out right, right? And I'm going. But when you have that parent that comes mm-hmm. and they have a child that's interested in music, how do you talk to them and that student about realistic expectations mm-hmm. but also the benefits of music and oh, how you can incorporate that into other fields. Do you have those conversations? Absolutely, with- I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm very upfront uh, in, in ways that I, and I do it because I wish someone had the conversation with me. The conversation that I got was, you have to go to college because everyone goes to college. Uh, music is great. You're going to have a career in music, so go get your music degree. Spend all that money on that music degree. And I never once had someone go, maybe you want to think about the fact that it's not likely you're going to be a full-time performer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to think about the fact that a position in higher education is, is not a likelihood. It's highly competitive, and you're going to struggle to get there. Most of the time, we got lifelong adjuncts uh, in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you want to think about that before you move forward. Not that it would have necessarily prevented me from taking the path that I did, because I think ultimately I would have anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's just because of pig-headedness or, <laughs> or willful ignorance, I don't know. Uh, but I, I didn't. I never had anybody say, hey, stop and think about this. You might be making mistakes, save for that uncle way back when who, mm-hmm. who said, what are you really going to do for a real job? Um, but he, he didn't know the industry. So I have that conversation with the students. When someone comes in, if they're going to say, hey, I want to do commercial music, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them. So you understand this may be your side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will this may not be that full time job. I know you want to be the next 
Beyonce or Taylor Swift or whomever. Right. But that's probably not going to happen for you. you you've got to be good, but you've got to be really lucky for that to take place. And we have that conversation. But then we also talk about music adjacent um, jobs mm -hmm. uh, and how can we connect you with something that's adjacent to the music industry. This is why I'm really happy with our three plus one agreement we've got with Ferris State and mm -hmm. our music industry degree. So get your music degree here, another year of business classes, and then go to Ferris and you can get your Bachelor of Science in Music and Entertainment Business. Wow. So now we've got all the benefits of, hey, I've pursued music, I've explored music, I've, I've grown in music, and I get all those soft skills that are associated with, and hey, biochemical changes that happen in my brain, as well as now hard skills in marketing and management and, uh, and econ and, and all, uh, all that fun stuff that a business is really going to look for to say, hey, look, you've got some skills, I can get your foot in the door. So we're looking at music adjacent careers as well, uh, and how else can you plug in? And that's before we start talking music education, which is huge for us, especially in this state. There's so many openings for music educators in the state. Hmm. Um, so we have opportunity there, which is why I've got a great music ed degree. And then music therapy is a huge up and coming area as well. Yeah. Um, and so we, we want to be able to sequence people into to that as well. Because I'm, I'm a MSW and I, I would be interested in learning how you can incorporate music into therapy and different things like that. And so just to understand music and how it makes you feel, mm -hmm. I think that's always a good skill to put in your tool belt. I think you probably answered this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, like, tell me about why you work at LCC. What is it that keeps you coming to work and so passionate about it? Oh, boy. Uh, passionate about it because I don't know any other way to be about it. Uh, once we start talking music, once we start talking getting others involved in music and allowing them the opportunity to explore themselves in the way that I was able to explore myself via music. If I'm not passionate about that, there's nothing I can be, I can be passionate about in this life, right? So that there, there's my, my driving force. And that's going to be true no matter where I am, whether I'm at LCC or I'm at a four-year university or I'm just working out of my basement. That's an opportunity that can't be missed and shouldn't be missed. So I'm, I'm always going to be preaching that. LCC specifically, you know, I, I came here because it was coming home and it was a good paycheck. It was right, right place, right time. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie about hey, that. Hey, that's uh, true. Right. But started to do some good work here and I feel very supported where I am. Um, I, I know it's not true everywhere on campus, but I've got a good boss. I've got a good boss's boss. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got faith in our administration. I think we're moving in the right direction. Every campus has their ills, certainly, but I have trust in our process and that, that we're moving in the right right direction, the right questions are being asked. So if I feel supported and I'm making the money they need to make and I'm allowed to do the things that I, I kind of want to do, that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, that is a good place to be. And I appreciate the, you know, the truthfulness because, you know, sometimes it's opportunity that come to you when you need it and you never know how it's going to end up. And this seems like it's a good fit for you. I know you went to my daughter's school. She's at Everett and the band, Miss Falanchuk. I said, Michaela, are you thinking about doing, you know, in the band or coming to LCC and doing an instrument? I was like, I got to get you to talk to Dr. Timbrick. She's like, I already talked to him. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> she was like, he came to our school and gave us a presentation. So I think that outreach is like really cool to let students know, okay, you can still do something to keep the music that you love or enjoy or learning further at LCC, come on, we got something mm -hmm. for you. And so I thought I was doing something, but you had already beaten <laughs> to the punch. You out there, you know, working it and getting people engaged and, and learning. So I think that's really cool. I got like a million more questions <laughs> and I'm almost running out of time, but I want to know, like, what are some of your hobbies? Like, what do you like doing beside music? So I think one of the 
the hardest things we have to teach our students when we come to the music program is the fact that music is not a major, it's a lifestyle. Mm. So the, the question of what is the hobby? Well, music is my hobby. Mm. Uh, making music, you know, singing, listening, deconstructing, it's what I do. So I've, I've got my full-time job that's largely still in music. I got a part-time job as I'm director of music at a, a church in Okemos, all music. I still freelance and sing music, you know, so once we start adding those things together, now it's stuff that I love to do, but I also have to be able to, to make some money off of that. So it, it's my job, but it's my hobby. They blend together. Um, the idea of work-life balance is just kind of gone because my work is my life. Right. Um, now, are there other things? Sure. You know, I like to read. I, I'm, I'm a sci-fi nerd. I, I love movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take in all sorts of media. You used to be pretty big into sports and basketball, uh, specifically, not so much with football, but that, that's kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit as music has taken over my life and entirely. Um, so it, it, it's really music, a little bit of reading, a little bit of uh, outdoors, and a lot of sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny, but it's like you don't seem like you have enough time to do anything but music. And <laughs> nope. it just it seems like it's something that you geek out about. I was going to ask you what you geek out about, but music sounds like that's a, a, a topic that you really geek out about. But I could ask you because there's so much more that I, <laughs> I want to know. And we talked about how you said, you know, people expect to know about everything because I was like oh I should know this but you made a a good point about you're not going to know every subject and how ignorance is okay Mm -hmm. especially if you're seeking to find out more and so like I could do a part two with you which I may try to do absolutely let's do it but lastly (laughs) I'm going to ask you what would you like your legacy to be at LCC oh okay so I make the silly sound uh, I, I heard a, a quote the other day in, in the car. Uh, I was listening to a comic. So this, this is a setup to, a, I can't even remember what the punchline is anymore, but the, the setup struck me so much. Um, and the setup was your, your talent belongs to you. Your reputation belongs to everybody else. Mm. The idea being, and he went to a silly, I couldn't even tell you what happened afterwards. He went to a silly place. But the, the idea of you can control what you do. You can control how you act. You can control what endeavors you take on. What people think about that you have no control over. Right. There's nothing you can do. So the question of what's the legacy, what do you want to be known for? I don't want to say I don't care, but I kind of don't care because if I'm doing good work, if I believe in what I'm doing, uh-huh. that's all I need. Right. And if someone else goes, that wasn't good enough or he should have been doing that or, uh, you know, it takes, take, takes something and goes, that was really cool. We liked it. Okay. I appreciate the accolades, but I was doing it because it needed to get done. Right. You know, so I want to do the good work. I want to feel good about the work that I'm doing. Uh, I want to make an impact. And if people recognize that, okay, cool. I'll appreciate that. But if not, you recognize it, that you did what you could do. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, John, I appreciate you coming on Who's That Star. I think we learned a lot about your program and just we learned about you and how passionate you are. And I thank you for that. I thank you for all the music people, the past and the people that are coming, like my daughter, that you are so engaged 
you know. So would you like to say anything before we leave? No, I'm just happy to be here, happy to, to preach the good word about music and how amazing it can be uh, from personal experience. And I hope others can uh, engage in meaningful ways. And if anybody has any questions about what LCC Music has to offer, you certainly can reach out to me uh, and or the music program. I'd, I'd be happy to talk. I can talk all day about why music is amazing. Hey, for sure. Well, you heard them. If you want to find out more, get in touch with them. And today, that's going to be the end of our show. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A. And you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star? And other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out who's that star.